0: Thanks, Gary. Well, there are many stories that I could share of our adventure around Australia, but it's the greatest stories of all, the greatest stories ever told, that I want to share with you today and over the weeks ahead. And those greatest stories ever told are the parables of Jesus. A third of Jesus' teaching in the Gospels are the parables. So if we're going to understand what Jesus is saying, as we, as we look at uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the, the Gospels, the record of Jesus' life and his, uh, on this earth and his work and his words, if we're going to understand that, then we need to understand what he's saying in the parables. And uh, some parables are very familiar to people, others less familiar. So we're going to look at a, at a mix of parables, uh, some that will be familiar and some that won't be so familiar. What is a parable? Well, the word in the original language is parabola, and that para means alongside, and bolo bal- bal- or ballo means to throw out. Essentially, parables means truth that are thrown out alongside stories of life, truths, significant truths, life truths, faith truths, really important truths that are thrown out alongside stories of life. And that's what Jesus did. He would toss out a parable here and there, and, and uh, there would be significant and profound truth to it. Sometimes it was uh, it, it took a little bit of a number of different layers to uh, within a parable, and other times some things were obvious and other things less obvious. So today we're going to bring, begin with a well-known parable, the parable... Well uh, most typically known as the parable of the prodigal son. Or is it? Is it really the parable of the prodigal son? There's actually much more to this parable than the prodigal son. And if we're not careful, we can focus so much on, uh, on, on what's typically associated with this parable that we miss the main point of it. And the main point of this parable is actually our hearts, the heart of the matter. The response of our heart to God and to others. What is happening just before this parable? And any time you look at something in the Bible and Jesus is teaching, it's really important to get a sense of what's going on around it. What happens just before it? Sometimes it's called context. And what's happening just before this parable is two other parables. There's three back-to-back parables that are told and just before that, what's happening at the start of Luke chapter 15? It tells us in verses 1 and 2. The tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. This is what was going on. Just And then immediately after that, into verse 3, then Jesus told them this parable. And he tells the three back-to-back parables, the longest and largest of which is the one that Gary's just read to us, typically known as the parable of the prodigal son. So what was happening was that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, it tells us, were there. Now, who were they? They were respected people. They were, consi- they were considered respectable people by, by, every, by, by, uh, by everyone's standards in the, in the times. But it seems that these respected people and respectable people were not too impressed when people who weren't quite so respectable or who weren't quite so respected are there with Jesus. It it tells us exactly that, when the tax collectors and the sinners were gathering around them as well to hear Jesus. And so it's out of that context that Jesus tells this parable with three main characters, a father and two sons. The younger brother or the prodigal son, the father, and an older son. Now what is Jesus doing in this parable? Well, I'm going to tell you what he's doing and then we're going to unpack it a little bit. Jesus is challenging his, his respectable first hearers and he's challenging us, who largely speaking would like to think that we're respectable people in, uh, in in our times as well. He's challenging us about the state of our hearts, the state of someone's heart, not just What we do, and not just what is evident outwardly, but the state of our heart. And that is the heart of the matter in God's eyes. And so as we look at the hearts of the different characters in this parable, just be pondering under God, what what is God wanting to show me? Or what is God wanting to show you about my heart? The most focused on character typically in this parable is the younger son. Let's start at verse 12. Verse 12 describes to us, Uh, Jesus says there was a man who had two sons, verse 11, verse 12. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now, this is an extraordinary thing that this younger son uh, demanded of, more than asked, demanded of his father. What we see here is a sense of entitlement in his heart that leads him to demand what he did of his father. It was unheard of in the culture of the day, and still today, to ask for one's inheritance before your father had even passed away. I had uh, breakfast r- real early this morning with, uh, with my youngest daughter because she's uh, working until late tonight, and uh, I'm pleased to say that she didn't ask me uh, <laughs> over the breakfast table, Dad, give me your share, give me my share of the inheritance. I want it now. And, and everything else that makes up your assets, whatever little <laughs> or large that might be that's That's the equivalent of what this younger son did it it was just It was just not the thing to do. It was remarkable. He had an incredible sense of entitlement in his heart, but then more than that, as well as a sense of entitlement, there's a sense of independence in the heart of the younger son, as we read into verse thirteen it goes on and uh, what does it say happens then not long after that, the younger son got together all he had he set off for a distant country and he there squandered his wealth in wild living. So from, uh, from living a life uh, with his uh, family and a close-knit, it, it seemed, on, on the surface at least, at least uh, he became completely independent. By his own choice, he became completely independent, went, went totally away into a totally different land, a total shift. But as the parable progresses... A shift takes place in his heart from a sense of entitlement and from a sense of complete independence to what? Verses 14 to 16, as we read on. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. This is a sense of brokenness in his heart. Things, things messed up, didn't go to plan, didn't go as he'd hoped for. And he began to realise that this sense of entitlement and this sense of independence didn't lead to what he had hoped that they would lead to. And out of that comes a sense of brokenness, not just in his life, but in his heart. He's made a mess of things and we get this picture of brokenness in his life. And it leads to the start of verse seventeen, this very point, uh, this very profound statement. When he came to his senses, when he came to his senses, the start of seventeen, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'll set out and go back to my father, and I will say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. A sense from a sense of uh, entitlement and a sense of independence to a sense of brokenness, and then this sense of unworthiness. That, that actual word is expressed I'm no longer worthy to be your son. A sense of unworthiness in his heart. What a shift. I wonder, what is God saying to you today about your heart as you reflect on the heart of the younger son? Because if we're not careful, and I'm the same, we too can allow a sense of entitlement or a sense of independence to develop in our hearts. Have you come to the place instead in your heart before God of brokenness? Have you come to your senses? Have you recognised your unworthiness before your perfect and complete heavenly father? And have you returned to him just like this younger son did, or are you still living a life of independence or a life of, of, of entitlement, at least in your heart, if not outwardly? The beautiful thing is that the father's heart in this parable reflects the complete and perfect father heart of God, a father unlike any other human father. That starts with his response in verse 20. So the son went up and got up and went to his father. Listen to this and take this in afresh. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. While he was still a long way off. The son was nowhere near being at the place that he needed to be. The son was nowhere near being back in relationship with his father. The son was nowhere near uh, where, where, uh, uh, where... uh, the, the father had hoped that he would be at, but still the father was looking out for his son. What a beautiful, beautiful picture, while he was a long way off. We, uh, we would often find ourselves a long way off from anywhere during our travels. Uh, you could go hundreds of kilometres out, and we have an incredibly diverse and huge country as we came to discover, and you could go hundreds of kilometres without seeing a person, seeing a thing, and uh, that, that, that's quite an experience in itself. But here, in the heart, here the heart of the father, even when his son is still a long way from him in so many senses, is clearly still looking out for him. Michelle and I are so blessed by who each of our three children, three young adult children, now have become. And uh, we have beautiful relationships with each of them. But there was a painful season. There was a painful season for us with one of our children last year. Few of you know the depth of the pain we felt during that season that season is not there it was there just for a season that season is not there in an ongoing way we have a beautiful relationship with each of our uh, three children but it might be that some of you even today are feeling the pain of a season where a child or even when we flip it the other way a father or a parent is far from the place you would hope for relationally spiritually or in some other way Father's Day can be a difficult day for some because of that. But I want to say that even uh, even that painful season for me as a father was used by God to allow me to get a greater sense of the heart of our Heavenly Father, who looks out for. During that painful season, I, I was doing everything I could. I, I would look out for, I, I, I would uh, reach out, I would do everything that I could. And and that gave me a glimpse into the heart of our heavenly father God who looks out for and reaches out to us even when we might be a long way off but more than that his heart is one of mercy says here we read it uh, he was filled with compassion for him he ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him instead the father's response could easily have been what on earth were you thinking but that's not what it says Instead of what on earth you were thinking, it's what on earth can we do to show how much we love you? And that's exactly what unfolds. The father says to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. There's a sense of unbridled joy and generosity in his heart and in his actions. Again, let's pause for a moment. I wonder what might God be saying to you today as we reflect on the heart of the Father in this parable? The sense in God, our heavenly, perfect and complete Heavenly Father's heart, of waiting expectantly for you, for me, for us all to return to Him. The sense in our Heavenly Father, God's heart, of wanting to wrap His arms around you and show the depth of His love and mercy for you. The sense in, in God's heart of unbridled joy, when you are unbridled joy for you and unbridled joy when you are in relationship and right relationship with him. Have you taken that in? Have you come to the place in your heart and life of understanding what it really means to be a child of God? But the parable doesn't end there. What's in the heart of the younger brother? What's in the heart of the father? What's in the heart of the older brother? Sadly, it's a sense of superiority and a sense of self-righteousness. Verses 20 to 25, and, and there's much more we could say about that, but, but as we read on, the verses uh, 25 onwards, sorry. Meanwhile, the older brother was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked him, What's going on? Your brother has come. He replied, "'Your father has killed the fattened calf "'because he has him back safe and sound.'" The older brother became angry. The older brother's heart, instead of being joyful, was, he refused to go in. His father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, "'Look, all these years i have been slaving for you "'and never disobeyed your orders.'" might have looked okay and he might have seemed to have been doing all the right things. He was going about his duty, he was slaving away. Inwardly, his heart was far from the place it needed to be, both in relationship with his brother and his father. And this is far more than the postscript of the parable. This is not just an add-on in the parable. This is actually uh, coming to, the, to, the, to, in a lot of ways, the point of the parable. Because this sense of superiority and self-righteousness in the older brother's heart reflected the state of the hearts of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And it can so easily reflect mine or yours if we don't check it. It's possible to see sin in somebody else's life while being blinded to it in our own hearts. And in doing so, we can actually be at a place where our own heart is far from the place it needs to be. Whether that's in our relationship with with another uh, fellow brother, fellow human being made in God's image, or or the flow and effect, our relationship with God, our Heavenly Father, which is exactly the picture that this parable gives us. The heart of a prodigal can be just as much there, right there in the Father's house, as it is out there beyond it. That was true that, that that's true in this parable the heart of the prodigal was uh, was not just in the in the younger brother out there but the heart of the prodigal was equally there in the older brother in his father's house and it can be the it can be the same for us still today the heart of the prodigal can be just as much here in our heavenly father's house as it can be out there is there is it's it that's because it's there any time that the state of our heart becomes one of self-righteousness or compa- comparing with somebody else or superior, uh, 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 thinking we're superior in any way, just as, that is just as much of a sin in God's eyes as anything that is far less evident. So I wonder, what is God saying to you as you reflect on the heart, not just of the younger brother, not just of the father, but of the older brother in this parable? Warren Wearsby describes a parable as a picture that becomes a mirror. A picture that becomes a mirror. As we gaze at the scene in this parable, the younger brother, the father, the older brother, what do you see in you? What do you see in you and in your heart? I have to check my heart regularly to prevent a sense of what I'd call older brother syndrome. That can easily creep in or that can easily build up that we, any of us, including myself, can be blinded to. It. it can cause me or any of us to become what I describe as accidental Pharisees. No one sets out to be a Pharisee, but before we realize it, we can actually become one. Accidental Pharisee. If we're not careful, we can become one even as we go about seeking to be faithful followers of Jesus in life. This parable is left open-ended. We don't know whether the older brother's heart was changed like the younger younger ones was. There was a shift in the younger brother's heart. We don't know what happened with the older brother's heart, whether there was a shift or not. But as we close today, what about me? What about you? How will you respond in your heart to what God is saying to you? And that is the key point of of, of any parable that Jesus tells. It's about how we respond and how we respond, not just outwardly, but in our hearts. So I invite you to join with me as we come before our merciful, loving Heavenly Father in prayer now. Let's pray.